May I remind you that the data shows that you want a Democratic president in a Republican House and Senate. If you can tell me how to make that happen, I don't know how you make that happen. That is the best for the stock market every single time. How Republicans in the House and Senate, Democratic president get more done yep. for the good than any other scenario in history. Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom today is my co-host, Andrew Pratt and Misty Beach. Hi, Casey. How you doing, Misty? <laughs> Great. Hey, Casey. Uh, hey, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Always excited to have you guys on here. Um, this is a kind of a fun episode, which um, we kind of recap the prior year, talk about 24 and what's going to happen going forward. And um, I don't have any specific predictions for 24. I just wanted to be over. But we'll talk about that when we get to uh, already <laughs> the beginning of the year. You know, I'm not. I'm not like when I was much younger. Um, uh, you know, I was really active and not active, but just really monitored politics and had opinions about things. And now I'm just like, let business do business, and I don't care about the politics. And this year is going to be nasty. Oh, because of yeah, the election. Because the election yeah. year, it's, okay. gonna, it's going to be it's going to be absolutely nasty. And the bottom line is let. Let small business people be small business people. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. I'm on the small business council. So I, of America, so I get the emails and the talking points and all that. And I read those things and I'm just like, gosh, how many more regulations can we put in place that they're going to slow us, slow us down from, <laughs> from growing red uh, tape. our businesses are red tape. So, um, but yeah, you know, you, you've got, uh, in 24, you've, you've got a nasty election coming up. You have a, you have a, uh, current president that is actively trying to put a former president in jail. <laughs> You've got, uh, or he's not, he's, I don't think he's responsible for anything. Cause you don't, you, I don't think he's really trying to do much, <laughs> but the people that are there, but mm -hmm. the people right. are there. And then the guy that's kind of, they're trying to put in jail is crazy. I know. So <laughs> I'm like, I got to choose between a crazy person and another crazy person is, is how I see it. And this is just sucks for America. It sucks for business. Yeah, but neither one of them might be the choices come November. Maybe so. not. I mean, we will see. I would love, mm -hmm. I would love for someone in their mid sixties <laughs> to run for president. Not upper seventies. Is Biden upper seventies? No, he's eighty. Yeah, he's eighty yeah. something, and Trump's eighty something. They're yeah. just two crazy old, old people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just the childhood childlessness on both sides, and um, it's just bad for America to keep dividing us like this. You know, and right. then the people who don't, people who get their news from, from just, you know, mainstream news, they get, these people are getting so angry. Yeah. People are just angry. There's angry people out there. It's, yeah, it's just not a good look for our country, period. Or, yeah, just not a good look for people's neighborhoods. I mean, forget about the country level. What about your neighborhood? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, you mean neighbors against just, neighbors? Yeah, yeah. Just people used to be friends grumpy. can't talk to anybody. Now there's grumpies. Oh, there's Trump's on. Oh, there's a Biden's on. Oh, they're Biden people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? At some point, everyone should be voting. We should have 100 percent voting. And at some point, um, you know, maybe maybe we need to go back to the old days where we didn't talk about it. Yeah, it was just yeah, done. It's about politics or religion, yeah. right? Yeah, or taxes, <laughs> or income, whatever. Um, yeah, that's just what I'm bummed about. I think for for this year, I, I just like for it to be to be over. 
And and for all those people who's like, oh, he's a Trump supporter. May I remind you that the data shows that you want a Democratic president in a Republican House and Senate. If you can tell me how to make that happen, I don't know how you make that happen. That is the best for the stock market every single time. How Republicans in the House and Senate, Democratic president get more done yep. for the good than any other scenario in history. Balance of power, definitely. That's it. Yeah. So maybe you keep Biden in, but you got to make sure you got a Democrat and Republican Senate. And the people vote tickets now, right? People don't pick and choose anymore. People nope. just are hardliners. So I don't, I don't know how you make that, how you make that happen. Um, but when it has happened, it's been, it's been good. So I think typically, what is it? A whole party gets in and then after, after the two year, then it's sh- the Shifts. house and yeah. will shift back. Those mm-hmm. have been the best yeah. economic years for, for our country. So um, and usually the market has done well in election years. I don't have specific stats, but yes, typically that, it does that's do very well. true. Um, uh, which now people are emailing me, um, clients email me stuff all the time, but now they're emailing me, um, you know, Oh, the, the government's trying to manipulate or the feds trying to manipulate the economy, uh, for Biden so he can win the election. I'm like, well, they did it for George W. They did it for every <laughs> president. They probably, in they probably did it for everybody but Trump. I, I would say yeah. that they probably no one seems to no do anything, <laughs> do anything for Trump. But, but yeah, um, if you believe that, they're supposed to be Fed supposed to be independent, right, Andrew? They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be independent and do what's good for the economy and what's good for America. And and uh, you know, I don't know. It's we'll pretty see. easy to sink sink into these uh, political theories and but that should be independent of your long-term investing it has nothing to do with investing that's what's so frustrating about the whole thing is it it has nothing to do with your portfolio amen nothing game Uh, over now i i I will argue i would argue the only exception was when bernie sanders was running he was anti (laughs) he said he calls himself anti-capitalist right so he's he's anti you owning a business he's He's pro the government taking over your business. That was scary. <laughs> and and if the Democratic Party had been set up differently, you would you wouldn't have had a Hillary because uh, the super votes right for Democrats. You wouldn't have had a Hillary uh, yeah. Trump election. You would have had a Bernie Sanders Trump election, mm-hmm. and that would have been. A, Mm-hmm. hilarious also very scary because you literally would have put capitalism on the balance sheet or mm-hmm. on the uh, ballot on the ballot yeah uh, where we don't have capitalism on the ballot right now um i don't see a scenario where people are saying oh we should all these public companies should be pri- uh, should be government owned wow right so right. so to me i'm like okay well as long as capitalism can survive and we can be free thinkers and doers and create things here people are still getting off the airplanes in this country still creating companies in this country developing ai developing all these things in this country we're not doing anywhere else smart people are coming from other places mm-hmm. here true but they can't do it there because they don't have the capitalist structure that we have Are you curious why annuities keep coming up as a potential investment option? People are often told that annuities can effectively mitigate investment risks and help secure their financial future. However, annuities often benefit the salesperson and might not be the best choice for you as a consumer. To learn more about the various types of annuities, the negatives of owning them, and better investment alternatives, we have a free ebook on our website just for you. To download our ebook, Buyer Beware, Why Do They Keep Trying to Sell You That Annuity? 
simply click the link in the episode notes or visit wiserinvestor.com slash guides. Now let's get back to the episode. So, I mean, another, this is not our politics episode, but another um, angle on this, Missy, is we have expiring uh, tax changes. Uh, was it January of 26? We reset back to 2019. Yeah, the... Tax Cut and Jobs Act, TCJA, expires at the end of 2025. So all those nice tax cuts that we've all taken advantage of, both as individuals and corporations. So we have to remember that, yes, corporations get tax cuts, and we think, oh, big, bad, greedy corporations, but it all trickles down to consumers and helps us with the goods and services that we purchase. Yeah. So that could all come to a screeching halt at the end of 2025, both in the tax rates that we pay personally at the federal level on our own 1040s. And then in the goods and services that we buy, everything because yeah. it's corporations all, are going to cover yeah. that bill. Yeah. They're going to pass it down pass to that. the people <laughs> buying it. Exactly. So you're, you're, yeah. So um, <laughs> they're not going to cut their margins that, again. That goes, back, <laughs> that goes back to like to common person watching TV is never going to connect that. No, connect corporations those should be paying their taxes. Well, who yeah. pays their corporation taxes? You do, you. the purchaser. Yeah. And <laughs> shareholders, hello. Yes. All of our investments, our long-term investments Correct. are going to be hit. Yeah. So, um yeah, that it's a big deal that those tax cuts are about to expire. So, um we don't know what, you know, Congress will do. Uh we don't um we also have expiring estate planning rules right big deal and we've talked with uh other attorneys that come on the podcast about that but but yeah right now as a married couple 24 million ish uh is where the exclusion is so if you have a net worth above that you're gonna pay almost 50 percent death tax on money above the 22 Mm -hmm. but then that number is gonna get reset so we think it comes down to maybe 11 to 15 somewhere in there for a married couple Mm -hmm. Um, that's a much lower number. Uh, and if you know, you look at projections for most of our clients, especially the younger ones. Oh yeah. Their net worth's gonna be way over that. When we're looking at pilots and projecting out their, right. you know, net worth, so that, there's a lot kind of, a, of people that could creep into an estate tax situation. Correct. So whole new realm of planning. So the end of twenty five uh is when all this would have to start being plan for you wouldn't plan for that now but uh january of 26 we could wake up to a different world again depending on how the election goes so uh there's a lot of important things on on the docket as there are every two to four years um well let's celebrate 23 uh cue the confetti yeah wow Um, who knew this was a year that was uh doomsday um we're gonna have a deep recession the world was coming to an end uh everything that you read said this everyone agreed yes definitely a deep recession in 23 the 60 40 portfolio is dead oh the 60 <laughs> portfolio died multiple times yeah. in 23 um <laughs> andrew what did the s&p do 28 25 26 what was the rate of return the, the s&p? s&p was up over 26 percent 26 percent rate of return in a year that everyone said you had to be in cash because the world was going to fall apart it's incredible right. 
Yeah, most analysts were calling for a recession. It never happened. I think, you know, a lot of reasons um, why equities did so well was, for one, you know, inflation sort of, I don't want to say stabilized, but started, you know, coming off its peak and, you know, lower inflation. And then also the Fed signaling to the market back in November that they're pretty much done with the rate hiking cycle. And ever since then, there's been, um, you know, not upper pressure on interest rates and rates have been declining, um, which is a positive for equities for the most part. Um, so all that, and then there was AI optimism and enthusiasm. A lot of companies like NVIDIA um, were taking advantage of their uh, AI products and, and their applications and causing synergies to their bottom and top lines. And then also too, um, it's kind of interesting. I saw a chart that shows, um, you know, just corporations in the SP 500, a lot of them, you know, back in like 2019, um, issued debt at a very low interest rate. So a lot of the larger companies have a lot of lower, you know, interest rate debt, and this didn't really affect their, um, you know, net profits, uh, like it would in the, in the past in traditional rate hiking cycles. So a lot of them were able to maintain their profit margins and then, and still deliver on their projected guidance. I was looking up something when you were talking. So 26% on the S&P, uh, Spider's gold ETF last year was up 9.6%. Mm-hmm. That's not horrible, but for all the doomsdayers, yep. right, you, you missed, missed out. out. And then over the last five years, you've averaged 9% per year. The S&P has given you much better than that. Definitely. Over three years, it's 1.26%. The 10-year uh, annual return of GLD is 4.73%. 10 years. Compare that to the S&P. I mean, that it's, it's, you're losing so much money with these fear trades. Yes. Right. No need to rush to gold and silver, please. No, and that's where I, you know, Obviously, 2022 was one of the most historic worst years for bonds, but that's where bonds do come into play um, traditionally is they uh, offer that diversification and that, um, you know, people, a lot of people use gold as like a hedge or a diversifier, but really bonds are more efficient and better diversifier than gold. Yeah, the short term bonds, Mm -hmm. um, especially except for 22. That that was only one time and. Uh, was it three three times in history that's happened? Yes, yeah. Um, since the 1920s, so chances of it happening again are pretty right. pretty slim. Um, okay, let's let's talk about uh, fixed income. So we had a 5.5 percent. Is that the ag return last year? That's a yeah. U.S. broad U.S. bond market, the Barclays aggregate, was up about 5.5 percent through 2023. Interestingly, uh, I talked about it earlier, most of that return came in the fourth quarter. And that's really mm-hmm. when the Fed signaled that rates were, they're done with their rate hiking cycle. And that's when, um, you know, not to get too technical, but longer duration bonds started to outperform. And that's, you know, bonds that are, uh, you know, in maturities of like over two years and, you know, two years to the, the U S bond markets average durations about six years. So, um, you know, you can think about it again, that if there's a 1% decline um, in interest rates uh, for every point of duration you have, for every year of duration you have, that's, you know, it's not perfect math, but that's about, that would equate to about a 1%, uh, you know, increase in price return. So six year duration would equal about 6% uh, price return for one percentage point decrease in interest rates. 
So Andrew, does this mean the yield curve is becoming more normalized? So it's funny, um, you know, I was looking at earlier today, the yield curve is still very uh, inverted, meaning short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates, which is not a typical economic, um, you know, which is typical in economic cycles where typically, you know, the yield curve is upward sloping. And that makes sense because long maturity should have a um, higher yield due to a higher risk premium for that liquidity. Um, But, you know, long, longer term rates have declined more, but the fed funds rate is still at five and a quarter. So the (laughs) short end is still up higher. Um, You know, one thing I think that could be a positive tailwind for markets is I've seen some people forecasting that there could be a possible uninversion for the yield curve. I I think that would be kind of difficult, but if the Fed does cut rates and if it's not due to a dire economic situation um, and they were able to cut rates three to you know five times, that could cause that um, you know shorter end to come down and be somewhat more normalized. But an inverted yield curve is very bad for capital markets. And, you know, so far nothing's broken or nothing has mm-hmm. um, broke yet. But uh, yeah, I had this um, video sent to me. I couldn't watch it. I don't subscribe to Tucker Carlson on his new platform, but uh, a client does. And he had a guest on basically claiming that the government is manipulating interest rates for the benefit of the Biden administration. And <laughs> I, I'm like, well, first of all, if you think that the Fed manipulates based on politics, you're probably right. And that's always happened. It's not something new and you just don't like the players. But this really the second part is everyone assumes that there's going to be a drop in interest rates in the third quarter of next year. Now, why do they assume that? Do they assume that because they think there is a mild recession that could happen and they would fed would need lower rates to spur on the economy. That makes economic logical sense. Otherwise, why, why are we lowering rates? Why are we talking about lowering rates? Yeah, I think a lot of those comments were in reference because the fed has been pretty, set in stone that they're going to hold rates higher for longer. They don't want to risk inflation creeping back up and um, adversely affecting the market in that aspect. Um, But I think late in December, Jerome Powell and maybe some other Fed um, board members came out saying that they actually may look to cut in early 2024. And that's where I think some of the speculation came into play. Um, But the market's kind of always priced in. And I was looking at it, um, you know, think there's like a 50% probability of three rate cuts by June. Um, so there, there is, and there's always uh, a small percentage of a recession. Yeah. That's like second quarter. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's, and I still think the fed's going to be dependent on inflation and there, and I believe there's going to be no action, um, at the January meeting, but, um, if inflation continues to be tame, they might actually ease and, and do a rate cut here or there. I don't think there's going to be any drastic cuts, but uh, I guess I guess we'll see. Time will tell. You know, I sat I sat here in the room, and we we were going over our asset center management and where we our goals were for the year, growing as a firm. And I remember Andrew sitting in the corner over there, going, "I think we're going to stay right here because there's really no reason why the portfolio should be dropping by year end." No one has ever said that to me, mm-hmm. and you know what? He was right. <laughs> He was right. I think that's like the first prediction, right? He just looked at so. Remember that he's like so confident. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. There's no reason why the portfolios would drop to in here in December 31st. (laughs) 
I should have asked you about the first, on. the second, and the third. Yeah. <laughs> of January. Should I, I should go get a lottery ticket now. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm a terrible short-term predictor of the markets because I focus on the long-term so much. But you know, when we think about lowering interest rates, I think about um, now if you lower the Fed rate, it doesn't directly affect mortgage rates. That's really more tied to what ten year used to be the thirty year. Yeah, there's some um, like spread between the 30 year and the 10 year. Um, right. Some math behind that. But but when you listen to our far, um, our re- recent podcast with Tom Townsend, uh, our realtor expert, mm-hmm. uh, our realty expert, he um, uh, he was saying that if you if interest rates came down to five, home prices are going to just like be bid up again. It's going to be mayhem, oh, which which promotes inflation. Yeah. So you just wonder. Do they really have room to lower rates and not have an inflation problem? Yeah. Um, some people are angry that they kept rates as high as they have and they raise them so fast. Mm-hmm. But inflation year over year is 3%. People laugh at me when I say that. But CPI is 3%. Inside CPI, groceries are probably up 10. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But the average is three. So, you know, any thoughts on that? I mean, why... I just don't understand why they would lower rates. Yeah. And I think, and, and this week, I think the feds actually walked back on what they, on those late December comments, they really want to be data dependent and uh, data driven. And again, not, not have inflation just kind of bubble back up. Yeah. So I, I still think they are, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, and what they communicate after the January meeting. But I still think they're going to hold rates um, at the same level, at least for um, a couple of meetings. But again, the, the market is pricing in. I probably. can't help but chuckle when you say data driven. All their data is rearward looking data. They don't use any forward looking data. So it just tells me when they do lower rates, mm-hmm. it's going to be too, it'll be yeah. too late. <laughs> they, they say they're data driven, but yeah, it might be the wrong data. But the data <laughs> that they produce in that report is all rearward looking. None of yeah. it's yeah. forward looking. Right. <laughs> that's true um okay so let's move on to uh uh 24 um outlook uh well i've got your notes here you can t- you can read off your notes just as well as i can so uh you know the sp500 right now is around 4700 i think most of the major you know institutions, banks, um, analysts are calling. It's obviously always a wide price range end of year target. I think the most bearish actually, interestingly, was JP Morgan at 4,200. Um, Goldman Sachs is at 5,100. They're one of the more optimistic. And then Capital Economics is a research provider. They're at 5,500. They're the most wow. bullish that I've seen. Um, so obviously the range is between, you know, from 4,700 about uh, 7% price appreciation to minus 11. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> got it covered. Kind of coin toss there. Yeah. Um, but you know, just kind of diving in a little bit, digging in a little bit further. Uh, if you look at like the EPS targets and the, you know, current valuations, most of the EPS, um, it's uh, earnings per share. Yes. Um, EPS growth is flat. Um, and, the valuation forward valuation and when I say valuation I mean the price to earning it's multiple uh, that is also about zero percent increase or unchanged so a lot of them are basically pricing in no growth uh, even though that their price targets may range and then you know flat to no growth and then also 
little bit little change to the the valuation. So basically, companies' earnings aren't growing. Yeah, and maybe a, a slight drop in in mm-hmm. earnings actually. Wow. Yeah, and that's one of my I think biggest concerns is we had such a great run up in Q4 2023. I think a lot of this could be priced in, and if there's any kind of misstep in you know, and they're pricing in maybe a soft, a softer landing on the interest rate hiking cycle and, and that they're able to ease rates mm-hmm. um, without their cutting rates because of a recession. Um, my fear and, and valuations are higher because of this, because we had a lot of price appreciation last year. Um, so my concern is that a lot of this is currently priced in. And if there's no kind of catalyst to drive us higher, like, you know, companies further developing their AI technologies or, you know, if high interest rates are persistent and are more of a, you know, restrictive to company balance sheets, then we could, that could be a concern. Uh, What are some of your themes, predictions on themes for uh, 2024? So we kind of already talked about these. Um, I'd say, I I will say lower interest rates and um, lower inflation, and when I say lower interest rates, not necessarily, um, I think just the Fed, you know, even if they have to raise one or two t- more times, I think there is not that upper pressure on rates. So I think, you know, even if they don't cut as much as the market is expecting, you know, there, there's kind of going to be a dour, continued dour trend, um, which, you know, that would benefit, you know, again, longer duration fixed income. Uh, and then also just inflation, I feel like inflation will kind of normalize, you know, continue to normalize and come down, um, you know, as long as the Fed keeps rates high and and at the appropriate level. Uh, We already talked about it earlier, heightened volatility. I feel like there's always, last year's volatility, um, you know, to me was below um, long-term averages. And I think, you know, obviously because of election year, a lot of, still a lot of uncertainty out there with geopolitics, um, wars, you know, we're gonna have a lot more volatility uh, in the markets. And, you know, as far as, um, you know, I put some themes on here, you know, we're not really um, style pickers or, you know, sector rotators, but I think, you know, just, you know, as far as like predicting things, I think a good barbell between like high quality, um, you know, stocks and, and the tech stocks, you know, stocks that have an emphasis with this um, growthier technologies that have done well. And there's a lot of momentum behind them. And again, like a lot of the quality um, players, like um, that have like good valuations that were kind of hammered last year. I, I think some people might be searching for good value and, and that will do well this year. On inversion of the yield curve, Missy's already asked <laughs> uh, a little differently, but uh, that could be, yeah. If, if they do cut the short end, um, yeah, that could be a positive catalyst for stocks as long as it's not in connection with a recession. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, what do you think puts us into a recession at this point? Because you're not getting the jobs. The the job the jobs we keep increasing jobs. Yeah, people, I, people keep yeah. spending money. I don't know where it's coming from because the the credit card. I guess it's credit cards, but and that's loans. the recession definition in America, right? With the jobs. Yes, with the jobs. Additive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would have been in recession already if people did Two negative quarters. Yeah, but even with the sell-off in the tech sector or, uh, you know, AI taking so many entry-level tech jobs, those people that clearly were re-employed somewhere. Yeah, so we're not taking the hit in jobs, so. Right. Yeah, and immigration too. Um, it's always a recession's been caused by 
an unforeseen callus. So, um, yeah, I think the conditions are still kind of primed. I mean, there's a lot of risks still out there. A lot of these traditional indicators are still flashing recession signal, but then again, there's a lot of, on the flip side, a lot of positive economic data points, like again, stronger growth and expect, you know, that stronger than expectations and then, you know, strong labor market. So kind of have these battle and forces here. Um, so it would take a major catalyst probably to get us off of that. Right. Uh, which would definitely uh, change the White House. I don't think we've ever had a sitting president get reelected during a recession. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, mm. it's never happened. Um, so the, you know, what are some surprises? And and this is a little, you know, putting you on the spot. Um, I, I, I would say, I would say that you have one of these major or one of these regional wars that becomes a major war. I think that could be a shock to the, to the market. You know, um, Israel's doing their thing, fighting Hamas yeah. and, 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 but if that blows up and creates Iran gets involved and then the U S mm -hmm. gets involved and then Russia's involved and then you've got Ukraine again, which is a whole nother, a whole nother front that man, huh. I mean, this poor people there. Uh, I remember when that, when that war first broke out and I thought, oh, this is probably like 10 days. I know. And here, what, it's a <laughs> right. year later. Yeah. Or? But it's still fairly contained. Um, and there's so many other wars too, that we don't, don't even make the news, uh, news cycles right now. Yeah. I think that are happening. If China were to invade Taiwan, that could be, oh, and who yeah. knows if that will happen, but yeah, obviously I, I just, China is such a train wreck right now. That would just solidify their train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> That would that would become an yeah. official disaster. I I think that's more pandering of um, right. you know beating the drums, but I don't think that mm -hmm. would actually ever happen. I don't know what the incentive. You don't? Would be. No, not Why? now. Their economy is is their economy's in shambles. Yeah, but do they really care? I mean, it's more about just I guess a land if they grab. Maybe if they need a distraction from how bad their economy yeah, is, yeah, and, and what a facade and and it is. I don't know. But that's beyond my expertise. Like, yeah. so we would need hey, to bring in. Here. We mm -hmm. need to bring in someone who's an expert on China to talk about that because that sure. is not right. my area of expertise. Yeah, I just I know, know. I, I don't want my money there. I know that. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. It probably. You know, maybe maybe some politics here, potentially, um, that could cause some additional drama, but it would be short term. It'd be very yeah, short term. I think, you know, if if there's any noise, Q4 of next year, hopefully the dust mm -hmm. settles by Q1 2025. But yeah, um, I, I think the most important thing and, and it, you know, there's always going to be an event that pops up that, that was never on our radar, like a COVID. Oh, know? yeah. Here. Right. Yeah, here. But um, and that, that could be a catalyst for something negative. But I think the important thing that I would I would want to say to everyone is just be careful uh, and understand where your news is coming from. Good point. Um, and we've had whole podcasts associated with this in the past over 201 episodes, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like, I remember when, when Brad was working with us and, and I found this article that we talked about value stocks for one particular year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's really convincing that value stock growth is done. And <laughs> I sent the article to him and he responds back and he goes, the guy who wrote it, is one of the largest value money managers in the country. <laughs> I was like, of course, yeah. that makes, that makes total yeah. sense. Or the guy that um, shows up on CBC every now and then, I, I won't say his name because I don't want to promote him. 
but but his whole thing was is like oh this is all coming crashing down blah 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 well he runs a hedge fund that benefits from things crashing, crashing down. down so you know it's it's the gold commercial on tv talking about inflation well because they want you to buy, buy gold. gold it's the option trader this is buy these options you'll make money overnight it's because they want to sell you a newsletter mm-hmm. and make more money on and, the newsletter than they do in trading options themselves and they're already probably in these investments and they're just more yes. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I, I would love to think the world is as innocent as I would like it to be in my head, but it's not. And you're being sold things. It's no different if you walk down the Edward Jones or any of these other shops and, and they want you to buy the annuity. Oh. <laughs> it's the same thing. There's a 10% commission sitting on the side of that. There's no benefit to you for owning it. No. I can put you in the S&P 500 and put you in short-term treasuries or heck, today a CD and I can mimic the exact same thing at no cost. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, hard. but those guys aren't trained to think those tries are trained to sell. You're right. That's their job. They're salespeople. They, they salespeople, they sell stuff. And that's what's so frustrating is that people go in and go, Oh no, they, their whole thing is they make sense of investing and they help and guide me. No, yep. no, I can show you their, their, their uh, commission schedule. Mm-hmm. It says nothing about guiding. Mm-mm. It's all about selling. That's what they do. Look at the yeah. prospectus. Yeah. <laughs> so as you roll into 24, this is the year to open your eyes and realize that it's not as warm and fuzzy as you would like it to be. Mm-mm. And understand that people are trying to sell you. Yeah. That's why we try yeah. to have this unbiased podcast. That's why we run an unbiased company. And, yeah. You don't sell anything. Right. Long-term healthy asset classes. (laughs) How many times do we have to say it? (laughs) I know. I know. And so many people think that there's like a secret to investing and you know what guys, there's not. That's why we're a financial planning firm first. It happens to do portfolio management. Absolutely. You know, you know something else, you know something else. And I'm going to do a short video about this, but you know something else I found out recently. What? And I suspected this, but when I found out I was just, it just made me feel dirty. So Everybody knows that I have a background mm-hmm. in aviation. I flew in the Delta system for 10 years and U.S. Airway system for two years prior to that up in the Northeast. And so we have a lot of pilot friends and we have a lot of um, uh, pilot clients, about yes. a third of our client base. Well, if you count hourly people, we probably get over 500 pilots. Here. Yeah. So we have a strong aviation community um, here at Wiser. Well, there's another firm that manages assets and they want to manage your 401k plan for a half a percent. <laughs> And I keep telling these guys, like, guys, look, you need to do financial planning. We have free allocations on our website mm-hmm. for your 401k plan. Go download those. If you don't believe, you know, we'll give you a custom one if you come through for the planning process. Mm-hmm. It's a one-time fee, small hourly fee for updates each year. But if you pay a half a percent, you end up paying two, over $2.5 million in fees. Over, over your, your life. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You need an career. asset manager for retirement. You don't need asset management necessarily when you're accumulating assets inside these big 401k plans because they have everything you need right half a percent a year so yeah so that has resonated we have so many clients now uh, especially from the delta side starting to get some from united american now um but then i started thinking you know i talked to these guys and they say oh i flew with this guy and he's really pushing this company it's a, it's an all worth company. All worth is a private equity firm that buys yeah, up yeah. REAs. And, uh, I started thinking, why are they so advocate, uh, you know, advocating for this one company? Why would a pilot do yeah. that? It's strange. And then we went to their disclosures for this company and basically they are paying pilots to refer pilots. Oh, uh, 
No way. So here's the conflict of interest here <laughs> is that you're flying with a person who had to hire a financial planner because they're not one themselves. Right. And that planner says, hey, I'd like to have more people like you. So I'll tell you what, I'll give you a commission. So for every person that you send oh, me, wow. for every person that you send me, you're going to get uh, a trailing fee forever. It's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's a pyramid <laughs> scheme. So I'm like, holy crap. So you can't even trust your own oh. brother. Oh, or sister geez. sitting next to you. Uh, so I do want to say that we do not place pay solicitor fees. And if you want to see these solicitor fees, if you want to know who they are, I know who these people are because they have to be disclosed. Yeah. And some of those are are in the uh, are in the union. Wow. They're union wow. in the union uh, union representative. So that that creates a whole nother level of complexity. It just made me really sad because when I was there and I did RNA workshops, it was. Hey, free advice. Free advice. We're going to help these people. As, True best if, if, interest. If they choose us as a firm, then that's great. But that's not why we're there. We're there to help people. Wow. And uh, anyway. Um, that's sad. So that's a whole other thing of people getting sold. And yeah. you always have to understand how you get paid. Mm-hmm. And where is the information coming from? But anyway, that's enough right. of my soapbox, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Uh if you're interested in learning more about Wiser Wealth Management or want to schedule a consultation to meet with one of our fiduciary financial advisors, you can do so by going to wiserinvestor.com or you can click on the link in the episode notes below. And that's great. See you guys next week. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We'd also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. This episode was produced and edited by Ken Hoadley. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.